20 catfish and think they cooked it up last night. They didn't even wait. They didn't bring it home. They just cooked it up. Hope he had a license. Because <laughs> there's Louisiana law on TV, and I'd hate to see our staff, you know, on TV. <laughs> Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Thank you for letting Melissa and I take a little break away from Monday through Friday. We took a little break, and it was good. It was good. Uh, we we were glad the rain stayed here, not in Florida. And thank you. And Melissa, uh, it was a wonderful time. She preached last Sunday. We headed out Monday, got back Friday, and here we are. So thank you. If you're new to Oak Grove, we welcome you. I'm Pastor Ron, glad you're here. And we celebrated recently 21 years here. And we're planning to go in the rapture. How many going with us in the rapture? You know, we're on an airplane this week, and I always, when I get on an airplane, I think about, I think about uh, the rapture. And I pray that the pilot, you know, is uh, a Christian. But if not, doesn't matter. I'm going up anyway. For all the others, I, I uh, hate to see what happens to them. But uh, I think the pilot goes down. They all go down. So pray for our spirit-filled Christ-following pilot. If you're lost, if you're saved, don't worry about it, right? But I think about, uh, I think about as pastors here, we are responsible to get you to your destination. You know, I, I went to India a few years ago, and on the way back, I asked the Lord, "What is my number one job description, Lord? Why, why, why? You know, what do you, what do you want from me at Oak Grove and Melissa?" He said, "Hey, you make disciples." That's why I called you and placed you in the body of Christ. Make disciples. Make sure that that bunch gets to their destination. So I, I see churches as a bunch of airplanes and pastors as a bunch of pilots. I mean, glad God is the pilot. I'm just a co-pilot. Yeah, we're glad for that. Thank you. But I'm just saying I'm responsible for get this this bunch to their destination, their final destination. Uh, I said there's it's a straight shot. How many know it's a straight shot? This is a nonstop flight, <laughs> and we're trying to get you to heaven. So that's why I started this series on the book of Acts. You know, uh, I know I know you're Pentecostal. I know you're spirit-filled. I know you know the book of Acts, and you all read it ten times. But uh, this time I'm going through it slowly, and I'm looking at different things. I'm trying to see something unique in the book of Acts this time. I want to see the moving of the Spirit. In fact, some authors uh, uh, scholars say it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Right? Not the Acts of the Apostles, but the Apostles are in uh, partnership with the Holy Spirit. How many believe the Holy Spirit is still moving today? Of course he is. He just moved just recently in our church here. And so he uses the body of Christ to get the mission of God accomplished. And that's why I felt led to do that. We're in chapter chapter 8. And, uh, man, those two weeks without preaching just set me. I, I had a little bit more time to dig a little deeper. And uh, I, I wanted to walk in, uh, in, in a little closer to seeing what activity is happening. So, so we've seen a lot of things already in our, in our text. We have plenty of activity today, too. But, uh, but let's just write straight to the text, seeing the power of God. Acts chapter 8, 1 through 13. And, uh, and so praise the Lord. If you're glad you're here, shout amen. Amen. Okay. So that set off a horrific persecution of the church in Jerusalem. This that they're talking about is the death of Stephen, stoning of Stephen. 
and uh, the uh, the Saul of Tarsus, uh, Tarsus is going to be uh, standing there holding the coats of those who are stoning Stephen. And, uh, and so that's where we left off. And now the believers were all scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And uh, uh, all that is except the, uh, the apostles. So, so the, the apostles were stayed in Jerusalem to take care of the infant church. This is the New Testament early church, the first church. This is the church age. We're still in it 2,000 years later, but this is first century church. Are you all with me? So Jesus said in Acts 1-8, right, you shall receive power. Power. Somebody shout power. Power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, which he did in Acts chapter 2. And uh, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Okay? And so now you're seeing this fulfilled right here in Acts chapter 8. The church believers begin to scatter through the persecution, except for those who stayed right there in in Jerusalem to take care of the church. Are you all with me? So the believers were all scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, all that is except the apostles, good and brave men, buried Stephen, giving him a solemn funeral, not many dry eyes that day. Uh, I, I brought that out in the message Bible. I just wanted you to see that. They loved Stephen. One of the first disciples, apostles that were chosen to be a deacon. And boy, his little lifespan in the church was short. But how powerful. How I many know you don't have to live long to leave a big legacy? And what a powerful impact Stephen made, and they buried him. Uh, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Uh, this is Saul of Tarsus before Paul. We'll talk about him next week when we get to chapter 9. Uh, he entered every house and drug off men and women, committing them to prison. Committing them to prison. Uh, the word, the, the last verse where it said, he consented, Paul consented Stephen's death. means he was pleased with, he took pleasure in it. And, and we'll see later his regret, but he, he was actually gloating. He was gloating. I will put to rest these people of the way, these Jesus people. I will annihilate them now. Anybody who follows the way of Jesus I will personally uh, take care of them. And he had papers from the high priest, and you know the deal. You'll see it next week. Uh, but therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Can I tell you, the gospel is meant to be preached. I don't know. There's a whole lot of preachers in our world today, a lot of TED Talks, a lot of little a little uh, motivational speakers. But how many know I still like good old-fashioned Holy Ghost preaching? Preaching without fear, preaching without anybody uh, worried about the sensitivity. How many know there's hypersensitivity in our culture today? Hypersensitivity. It's not like they're just emotionally uh, emotions on their sleeves. They are hyper. Say anything that's offensive. But you know what? I say go to Lowe's, get a ladder, and get over it. Glory to God. Preach the word, preacher. And then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Who goes down there except for Jesus? Those Samaritans. Ah, they didn't like them. They thought they were taboo, them Samaritans. And what did he do? What was the content of his preaching? He preached Christ. Can I tell you, we could tell a few preachers in the Assemblies of God as well what content to preach. Start preaching Jesus. Don't worry about your opinions and your personal opinions and ideas, trends and gimmicks and fads. I mean, let's get back to preaching the Bible. 
Preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's what Philip did. First evangelist of the New Testament. Man, he's, he's over there preaching Jesus. And multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. That's how I know they were similar to God. They were listening. They heeded the things spoken by Philip. Hearing and seeing miracles, which he did. He didn't do them. God did them through him. Are you with me? This is serious. It's a spirit-filled, powerful, supernatural power is moving in the people. For unclean spirits crying out uh, with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and the lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Boy, would it be said that when Old Grove came to town, great joy was in the city. That your reputation was that people could get healed here and saved here and delivered here and baptized here. Called in the ministry here, sent out into the ministry from here. I said, this ought to be a place of healing. This ought to be a hospital for the hurting. In fact, the word hospitality, the word hospital is in the word. I said, the church ought to welcome the lost and preach the truth to them. Don't be afraid. Open up the gospel and let them hear about Jesus. He's the only one who could save. He's the only one who could heal. He's the only one who can baptize. And he's the only one who's coming back. In a Pentecostal church, they would have shouted that down. But that's what it is. Joy was in the city. But there's always a but. (laughs) There's always a but. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, the first celebrity preacher. Ha <laughs> ha, Simon the sorcerer, amazing people with his miracles. How many know there's a counterfeit? There's a counterfeit. The spirit of the, the, the world and the spirit of evil can do some things, and it looks just like the things of God. The angel of light, they call him, and Lucifer is behind it all. I wish somebody would help me preach this morning. He blew the people's mind. I mean, it wouldn't take much if a mosquito sat on the bridge of their nose and kicked their brains out. How gullible is the saints of God today, claiming that he was somebody great, to whom they all gave Heed from the least to the greatest. Everybody said, this man is the great power of God. Simon the sorcerer, help me, Lord. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Hey, the longer you say something, the more people begin to believe it. Just because somebody says it doesn't make it true. We need the real power of God, not a counterfeit. But when they believed Philip, after he came along preaching, he preached what? Here's the content. He preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. Didn't Jesus say, go in my name, preach, cast out devils? Didn't he say that? That's what Philip's doing. And now the real shows up. Both men and women were baptized. What? Even Simon himself believed and was baptized. From that moment, he was like Philip's shadow, so fascinated with all the God signs and miracles that he wouldn't leave Philip's side. Fascinated, mesmerized, not by the name of Jesus. Look at it closely. 
fascinated with all the God signs and miracles. He saw all the power, and he wanted that power. You'll see it later in the text. I believe the Lord is ready to unleash his power and glory on this generation. I said, I don't know what you believe, but I believe the last days, God is getting ready to unleash his spirit and his power on all flesh. Just like Acts 2 said, it's the first century church, it's the early church, and they are seeing the manifestations of preaching Jesus. And they preached Jesus in Samaria, and God's signs and wonders followed those that believed. Believed. It's important what you believe. You can get you can get sidetracked and believe in celebrity people who are telling you they're doing miracles and signs. It's trickery. It's trickery. It's no different than Pharaoh when Moses came and Moses threw down his staff and turned into a snake. And Pharaoh's magicians had some snakes too. I mean, the devil has some things, but God owns all things. And Pharaoh's snake was swallowed up by God's snake. I mean, the real always trumps the counterfeit. And we need to have the genuine, real move of the power of God in our church, in our spirit, in our lives, in our culture, so people can see, and I think this generation is ready for it. All throughout Acts, we have seen God's power demonstrated through his church by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus left, but the power of the Holy Spirit stayed. Amen? He sent the comforter, the counselor, the power, power. And look what he said. Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, hey, I give you authority. He gave disciples to authority to combat all power. Two words I want you to look at. Authority to combat all power. Tells me there's a difference between the word authority and the word power. Authority gives you right. Power is the, the deed. So you have the right to walk in the supernatural in the power of God. The power is of God, not as of man. Paul got this later on as he was on Mars Hill trying to impress the intellectuals and the, and the, and the smart people of the day. The Socrates, if you please. Philosophers. Vain babbling. Just a bunch of talk. Talk, 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 talk and never see anything. Ever learning and never coming to the to the uh, knowledge of the truth, denying the power thereof. You understand? And so Paul said, "Hey, this ain't working for me. Excuse my English. This is not working for me." In the King James, is that what you want me to use? He said, now my preaching is going to be not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration and the power of God, so that the peoples would have power of God and not the wisdom of man. It's a big difference. I said, how many know there's a big difference? He gave them not only his delegated authority and the right to act, but also the ability or the capacity through which the power of the Holy Spirit can move. You have power through the Holy Spirit. And I believe the churches live so far under their potential to be the church in the 21st century because we don't believe we do have power. But we have it. I said we have it in the name of Jesus. So how can God's supernatural power be manifest through this life of ours? 
Well, it begins with spiritual maturity. I know, I know it's about to get rough. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's about to go there. I mean, who really talks about spiritual maturity? Who really calls the church about, out about growing up in God? It's not, it's not can you trust God? The real question is, can God trust you? Can God trust you? So, so we have two daughters, and when they were little, they were part of our family. And they, uh, if I would have died, they would have had the inheritance because they were ours. Wasn't much inheritance, but they would have got it. They were part of our family, and I loved them, and they were mine, and they were ours. But I wasn't going to give Tori the keys to our car at eight years old. Here, Tori, go drive on Glenstone. I know you can barely see over the driving wheel, but you're in my family. She, she listen, she, she belonged, but she didn't have authority. She, you know, understand? She, she had the, the relationship, but she didn't have the power and the authority. You understand that? So some people don't understand that. They think if you're a Christian, you ought to be able to do anything and everything. But, I mean, you got to grow into this. Your faith grows. You got to grow up into maturity in all things with Christ before He can use you. And the process of spiritual growth requires intentionality. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. You don't wake up one day. I know a lot of people are, 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 are mis, misconstrued about pastors. They think we wake up in the morning speaking in tongues, flip out of the bed, and, this, and the suit and tie just appears. We go to the gas, uh, get gas, and we just say, in the name of Jesus, be filled. doesn't operate that way i mean no we gotta we gotta grab the handle wait on the on the chip and well that's such an aggravating thing technology i just rather give somebody cash where's the people that used to do it wash your windshield that's what i'd like to get back to it requires intentionality it requires pursuing god intimately you gotta god's gotta trust you it's not that i didn't love tori it's just that i didn't trust tori in fact, I probably trusted her more than I trusted the people who are driving on Glenstone. And it never, it's never earned. It's never manipulated. The power of God is not formulated. There's not a formula. And charlatans and preachers today are on TV and every other way telling you that if you just say this and do this, hold your finger like this, everything's going to work. But how many know it's more than that? You just got to grow up. And somebody shouted amen. They, they, uh, they were intentional, and, and God intends to church to move in power, right? Do you believe that? And so, so God intends that. We're not nuts shut up in a shell. Some of us are nuts, but we're not shut up in a shell. We're not ointment locked up in an alabaster box to be hidden from the fragrance from the world. I mean, no, God wants to break us. I said, God wants to break us, open us up, and use us so the fragrance of Christ can be smelled in the world. It's called influence. It's called power. It's called moving in the spirit. And it takes a voice. It takes a voice. You cannot quench the preaching. In verses 5 through 8, Philip preached Christ. And that's our goal. Amen? If, if, if I leave here and, and people in Springfield area say, Man, he preached Jesus. That would be the greatest compliment you could possibly give. He preached Jesus. And he lived it would be greater. I mean, no, you can't leave a legacy you didn't live. 
it's tougher to live it than leave it. And so that's our goal. And to these Samaritans, who definitely outcast by Jews, of all people, the Samaritans, I mean, low on the totem pole, half-breeds. We don't want to go there. But Philip preached with signs and wonders following. Signs confirmed the gospel, not the opposite. I said, listen, be careful, be weary, be leery about preachers going around saying they got power to do signs and miracles and never preach Jesus. If you don't hear the name of Jesus, you better talk and run. The only power is through the power of the name of Jesus. That's it. Back in the day, we'd had evangelists. He used to have a big old poster, and it would say, revival in big old words. And at the bottom, you see, reverend so-and-so, little small print. But today, oh, somebody needs to help me preach. Today, we have reverend so-and-so in big old words. And revival, you can barely see the small print. All about them. Be, 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 be leery. And the, and the result was, uh, was that joy filled the city and preaching preceded the miracles and the joy followed the, the preaching. <laughs> Amen. And the prophetic and the power. Verses nine through 13, Simon the sorcerer, it was a counterfeit power that he had. He amazed them with his powers. Many people today are amazed with lights and flash, shiny suit. I didn't wear a tie today to impress you. I thought it was Memorial Day weekend. Give me a break. I just got off a break. I'll have to wear it again next week. Oh, Lord. Amazed them with his powers. Samaritans, listen to me. The Samaritans wrongly assumed it was from God. They wrongly assumed because they saw the miraculous spiritual things being done that it was from God. Not everything you see is from God. Somebody needs to wise up in our culture. So uh, it's happening today, and it, and it did in Moses' day, like I said. But when Philip came, the real showed up, and the people were saved and healed and baptized in water, and it revealed the counterfeit. See, the real shows up. It reveals the counterfeit. Until the real shows up, you think the counterfeit is real. And so we need the real. I want the real. Ever since I got saved, I wanted the real. <laughs> yeah, I, I got saved during the charismatic renewal. Catholics, I was Roman Catholic, and, and I didn't want to leave the Catholic Church to go to these crazy Assembly of God people. It was a cult. I thought it was just borderline cultic. Crazy people hanging from the chandelier. Pentecostals, who are they? And so <laughs> I went to the Catholic Church who was experiencing charismatic renewal. And as soon as I walked in, I said, my goodness, I've never seen anything. In I was an altar boy. I've never seen any of these things. And I grabbed the Father Broussard. It's a very Louisiana name. And Father Broussard, please come see, please. Tuesday night, Bible study. First of all, we never had that. All of a sudden, we have it now because they were losing more. Are you all hearing me? They were losing more Catholics than you can blink at down in South Louisiana because they were getting saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and, and all of that. So they, they, they had this. I'm not saying all charismatics were bad. I'm telling you what I experienced at my little Catholic church. They said, uh, we believe the entire Bible. Healings and gifts and miracles and 
prophecy and tongues. And I said, so, so I was just mesmerized. And after service, I said, Father Broussard, please, please, I've never heard such a thing as I'm hearing about it. You know, people invited me to that church over there, but I don't know. I'm, I'm Catholic. He said, son, it's all in the Bible. I said, it is. Of course, I never read it, so I didn't know it. And I said, man, I am so excited. I can't wait till Sunday at St. Andrew's Sunday. Oh, he said, no, no, son. If we did that on Sunday, I would lose my retirement. To which I replied, pastor or father, where can I go to see this kind of power? He said, you got to go to the First Assembly of God down this grade. I said, goodbye. See you later. And that's where I went. And that's where I met God. Hey, if it's good on Tuesday night Bible study, how many think it ought to be good on Sunday morning? He lost his non-tithing, non-practicing Catholic member. (laughs) He didn't lose anything. I gained everything. Filled with the Spirit, I got baptized, I got saved. All of that that you see going on here in Acts chapter 8. And how Simon saw the manifestation and the pattern of baptism was the same. How did he see that? What was he mesmerized by? He saw them speak in an unknown tongue. That's what I say. Because he wanted to buy that. How I many of you can't buy the power of God? I said, you can't not buy it. You cannot earn it. You cannot teach it. You cannot mimic it, copy it, manipulate it, formulate it. No, and you certainly can't buy it, Simon. Sorry, Simon. And so, Simon had a selfish request. He wanted the power for personal gain. But Philip corrects him, rebukes him, and uh, moves on. He, he, uh, I believe that Simon pretty much did get saved, but he had to grow up. Can somebody say grow up? A lot of people who get saved still need to grow up. If somebody has to part your mustache to, to put in the bottle, how many know you got to grow up? Time to grow up. And so Simon had to grow up, and he, he did. I think he was sincere. I, I think he got on board. But I, I want to slip over. That's the text. And, uh, of course, Philip baptized uh, and, and, and went on, and, and then he, he had the connection with the, the uh, Ethiopian eunuch, which is a whole other sermon. And, and I don't want to go there. I, I want to do something different this morning. But, but he, the Holy Spirit was orchestrating Philip's steps. How many believe the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord? How many thinks the Holy Spirit is leading you? If you're a follower of Jesus and you're following the will of God, the word of God, and the voice of God, he's going to lead you. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him about the Ethiopian eunuch. He said, he's over there. I want you to go over there and talk to him. And he's reading. He's a wealthy guy, a sage, a magi kind of guy. And he was interested in the things of God, coming actually to Jerusalem uh, and checking out things. And so, and so Philip was instructed to go over there, and he found him reading the book of Isaiah. And, uh, and so he picks up the guy. I don't know how easy you think evangelism or how hard you think evangelism is, but the guy said, hey, I'm stuck right here. Would you interpret this for me? How many know that is called an open door? It don't get any more open than that. Philip's like, no, I'm scared of evangelism. I'm so scared you're going to reject me. And he took off, went through back the other way. No, that ain't how it went. He stopped right there, shared with him. He was preaching right Jesus right there in Isaiah. 
everything about Jesus right there. How many know the Lord knows how to orchestrate your steps and set this Ethiopian eunuch up for salvation? And he got saved. And then he said, hey, is there any water? I can get back to you. How many know that throws you back when the people want to get saved more than you want to save them? I only happened one time in my life. I was back home and a friend of mine's uh, father died. So me and my brother-in-law went to visit him. Jay, remember Jay, Jay uh, LeBlanc? Jay LeBlanc. And I went over to see Jay, and he's sitting on the couch with his mom, and he just lost his dad. And me and Pernell went in and sat down on the couch. And, and Jay, I said, Jay, I'm sorry about your dad. And Jay said, how can I become a Christian? I was like, Pernell, tell him. I don't even know what to say. Uh, it doesn't come that easy. We led Jay LeBlanc to the Lord that day. Somebody give God praise. It was just that easy. How many know there's a hungry bunch of people? If we'll walk in the spirit and walk in boldness and share, just do what we ordinarily wouldn't do, God can do what he always does. It's not us waiting on God. It's God waiting on us. Right? So how can we walk in the supernatural with God? He, he, he baptized that Ethiopian eunuch. And then when he came out of the water, the Bible says that he was translated. What? I just want the Lord to do that one time for me. Lord, I want to fish down in Louisiana. Just right back. That trip would have been a lot quicker to Florida. It would have just. I mean, oh, heaven's going to be a wonderful place. No bars, no, no airplanes. So how did we do this? How can we walk in the supernatural? That's where I want to go for the next few minutes. God's power is giving by God himself. Not a counterfeit, not man-made. And you ought to be able to have enough discernment through the Holy Spirit to know the difference. But in our culture today, we're so gullible. We don't read the Bible. and We're biblically illiterate, a lot of us. So we don't know if it's true or not. We don't know for ourselves, so we just take somebody's word for it. I mean, you better dig into the book yourself. Stop believing anything and everything that people do. So this is how we know it's God's power. It's not something we earn. We can never manipulate it. All those things we've talked about it. But to walk in power, we must learn to be a worshiper. Number one, just be a worshiper. Come on now. Get humble before God in prayer. Get around hungry worshipers. Understand the difference between authority and power, as we mentioned earlier. Be a worshiper. I mean, I mean, that's just the gate. I mean, that's just the gate. If we're talking about entering into the presence of our God, there is a process. We enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving in our heart. We're in his courts with praise. So those are step number one. Step number two, you can't even get into the court. You can't even get, you certainly can't even get to the holy place until you start serving the Lord. There's no chairs in the holy place. We stand by night in the house of the Lord with holy hands lifted, making sure the light is on. Come on, making sure the bread is fresh. This is not a place to sit around and soak and sour. It's a place to get to busy. It's busy. We're moving into something. How many know God wants us to move in the supernatural? You don't walk in it. You don't proudly, arrogantly walk into that kind of thing. You, you humbly, <laughs> with his authority, not your own. Are y'all getting any of this? It's a process. Understanding that he gave you authority. But you got to grow up to be able to, to, to unleash that authority. He gave you the keys. He gave you the keys. He knows when to give it to you. He is the, the Holy Spirit is the one that disperses the gifts. 
right? You're the one that just receives them and walks in it. It's not hard. It's not manipulative. It's just, it's just get humble. And a good example would be the woman with the alabaster box. Here's a lady who wasn't right with God. Come on, y'all. All the religious people knew she wasn't right. And when they got there, she breaks open this very expensive perfume in the presence of her master. And the odor of that, the cost of that, the sacrifice of that. You read the story and just go on, but this lady gave it all. She gave it all. That's what I call worship. This half-hearted worship we come in with, and I'll, I'll stick my hands in my pocket and just watch everybody. Oh, I didn't like that song. I don't think that song was good. Man, I hope next week they sing my song. If you've ever said that, you're definitely guilty. Definitely guilty of worshiping by preference and not principle. The principle is not. Listen, worship goes to him. I don't care if you sing I'll fly away or he breathes into me like a hurricane. Or I'm intoxicated with Jesus. Or these new ones. You know, I don't know all of them. But they're kind of woo-hoo, woo-hoo. You know? You got to step out in faith and, and believe God for great things to come. You got to step out. You got to go walk through the gate with thanksgiving in your heart. Humbly. God, I know you can use me. I'm walking in this. It's not about my preference. The air is not on my temperature. The sound is not to my degree of level of sound. The preacher's not preaching my. Oh, that's good for somebody else today, but I just, I didn't get anything out of it. Really? I'm shocked. Humble yourself. It's, it, it's, it's like a, it's a holy dissatisfaction with your spiritual life. Goosebumps is not enough to satisfy your hunger. I'm not here to move you emotionally. I'm here to preach the truth. Get the principle here. We're here to worship. Be a worshiper. How many worshipers are in this house? Because somebody lift up a praise to the Lord. A genuinely, a shout, a praise. Not worried about what everybody else thinks. Just give God your best. That woman with the alabaster box, they judged her. How dare Jesus? Judas said, that's a waste. Jesus said, no, it's not. It's worship. We call worship waste. But just who she's worshiping, not what she's doing, is who she's worshiping. She's broken. A holy dissatisfaction. You must begin to fall on your face and pray. Go before God and stop worrying about what's happening around you and seek God for what's happening in you. You realize the power of God is in you? Hey, it's only 11 o'clock. I got 20 more minutes to preach. Are you ready for some more? Oh, my goodness. Get around hungry people who know how to seek the face of God. You know what? I'd be particular. If I sat in the pew, I'd find a hungriest worshiper. I'd go sit right by them. I remember I used to try to go by the old ladies who used to speak in tongues. I just wanted to be around them. I was, whoa. Lord, let some of that jump, jump on me. I know you don't want that. That's really not respectable anymore. But I wanted all that God had for me. Can't tell you it's okay to get greedy for more of the Spirit and not more money. Yeah. 
Get around those people. You don't have to find God. He's here. There are those God chasers. They chase, oh, I got to go to that revival. Got to go to that revival. I got to go to Toronto. I got to go to New Orleans. I got to go here. Hey, how many know the Lord is here? You can get all the God you want right now, right here, right now. You don't have to go have somebody lay hands on you. You can lay hands on somebody. It's kind of like the Chuck Norris thing. You don't know nothing about that. Humility recognizes God's power. Hunger moves us into action. Humility recognizes God's power. Hunger moves me into that. I want his compassion to do his good deeds so he can be glorified. See, ministry happens (laughs) when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels for the glory of God. If you're taking notes, I'll say it one more time. Ministry happens when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels for the glory of God. That's the miraculous. God can use you. How many believe God can use you in this day? So if you need some help, go by some Holy Ghost-filled people. And, uh, and when, you're in, when you're in Him, He is in you. There's power. Hunger will lead you in His authority. To see his power move. So you recognize that God is living God. And he's ready to to get involved in the people's lives. Somehow he chose to use his people in in the process. It's it's mind-boggling. He chose to use his people in the process. And there's always seems to me. And I read the gospels. I see a precondition for a miracle. A lot of times. And I see a post-condition sometimes. Let's take the... uh, Changing the water into wine. Melissa used that last week. There was a precondition for the miracle. Remember what it was? Mary told the servants, fill these water pots. What would have happened if the boys did not fill the water pot? No miracle. Shut down right there. I mean, obedience is the key. You do whatever he says. Do what this man says. Do what Jesus says to do. Fill the water pots. Water pot's full, sir. A-A-I-I, sir. Done, sir. Steal no wine, sir. So you don't have to know all the answers. You just have to know the one who has the answers. Fill the water pot. That's the precondition for the miracle. Right? How about Lazarus? He had a pre and a post. And a pre. Lazarus, come forth. Here comes Lazarus. Alive but dead, much like some of you this morning. Come on! Woo! I'd like to see you hop like that. Anything would be good. I'll be glad to untie you. In fact, I came to unloose you and leash you. Amen. Amen. So the precondition was, loose that grave clothes off that man. Right? So. So, you know, it's important that you go, oh, the precondition was roll the stone away. The postcondition was loose that grave clothes off that man. There's some things that Jesus is saying to do. Roll the stone away. It's not like God had to do that. But that's what he wanted to do. It's all about you listening to his voice and his command and just doing it. Corey told me something this week. He said, Dad, I don't normally do that. I just felt led to. Do that, and it turned out to be a God thing. 
hey, that is a that is a good sign that you're listening, even if you don't understand it. God could be working a bigger. How many know God's working a bigger thing than you can see? But if you want to see the power of God, sometimes it's invisible. It's in the moving. It's in the acting. It's in the faith. Because we don't see the invisible, but we know the visible. If you'll do the visible part, how many know he'll do the invisible part? So he gave us power to walk in God, with God. He gave us power over Satan's oppression. Some of you this morning are having oppressive spirit on you. How many know God can break that in the name of Jesus? Right now, not tomorrow, not after counseling session. In the name of Jesus, right now. While I speak, he can break it. That's how powerful God is. But you gotta cooperate. You gotta be in the process. You gotta receive. I mean, you can't even get saved without receiving. You have to believe in your heart, right? And confess with your mouth. Sounds like two things. Because God wants your mouth, your, <laughs> your outward to understand what just happened in your inward. That's what praise is. Your outward is happy because of what's going on on the inside. I says it's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I hate to get that excited, but it just hit me. It just hit me. I just try to tell you that we, we can enjoy God's favor. We can walk in God's power. We can overcome the power of the enemy because we have the authority of God. We can walk in the supernatural, friends. We can see the power of God if we just believe. Step out in faith and believe. I think that's it. I'm not done, but that's it for that. <laughs> so, so this is funny. Uh, I think today we have a cerebral approach to God's faith. It's all mental. It's all internal in our mind. Where Satan tries to hinder and block. It's even why we can't express our praise. Everybody says, I don't feel like praising the Lord. Who cares how you feel? Open your mouth and give him glory. How many know Jesus deserves to praise whether you feel like it or not? You don't come here to look at me praise. I could have praised him by myself at at the house. I could have got the criticism at home too. (laughs) Not from Melissa or the girls. Recognize somehow he chose you to do. The church became the agent empowered by the Spirit to touch the world. He gave us power over the enemy. And he can and he does do signs and wonders through his church. We have a cerebral approach and it doesn't work. Intellect can can actually hinder your faith. You can't solve a spiritual problem with an intellectual mind. Don't happen that way. So God wants to use you. We must move in the supernatural, beyond the natural. And so Jesus' physical departure was not supposed to end God's miraculous on the earth, but rather multiply it. When I go away, greater work shall you do in my name. In my authority, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to see things you've never seen. Because I'm going to move with you. I'm going to go with you. Greater work shall you do as I go to the Father. So I believe the Lord is ready to unleash his glory on this generation in unprecedented ways. But I think you need to pursue intimacy with God. It means, it simply means to, to 
listen to the promptings of the Spirit and obey it. I'll slow it down so you can write that down. It means to simply listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and obey it. Up here it's 78 degrees. I just wanted to give you that idea. Like you think pastor's crazy. It's 78 degrees up here. <clears throat> okay. So listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and obey. Number two, sin limits our relationship with God. You're asking for revelation when God's trying to just ask you to grow up and get out of this petty sin thing, these weights, these weights that are limiting your ability, your, uh, your availability to God. If you, if you cannot even, Melissa said it last week, if, if you're that elementary where you can't even pay tithe and worship, if those are hard exercises for you, I mean, you've got a long way to go in growing up. Age does not produce maturity. You heard my brother say that last, uh, the first of the month, Rick. And he said you are a mature, you are a mature church. And in many ways you are a mature church. But you're not all the way grown up yet. Until you get to heaven, you're not fully grown. There's still some room. How many say, Pastor, there's still room for me to grow? How about in the spiritual, in the supernatural realm? God can use me. I'm not going to fear anymore. I'm going to walk in divine revelation. I tell you, uh, I, don't have, I don't have it all down yet. This morning, God gave me a dream, like 4, 5, and 6 a.m., a dream. I, I thought it was a prophetic dream, and I'm going to process it and think it out. But it wasn't fun and pretty. I wish it was. I'd tell it to you right now. It was ugly and nasty and dirty. It was bad. There was no one had a house. No one had a car. No one had money. We were all in hiding. See, America's rich and full of good, and they have no need of anything. And that's why maybe we're not seeing the miraculous. Why are we seeing miraculous overseas? You know why? They need God. They don't have prescription. They don't have a doctor. They don't even have a hospital. All they have is Yahweh. And he moves. And he moves. And they want him to move. They need him to move. They cry desperately for him to move. And he moves. But in America, our first thought is not get on our face before God. Our first thought ain't even to engage in worship. Some of us spectating instead of participating. Sin can limit that relationship. Worship releases the power of God, offering our bodies living sacrifice, prayer, fasting. That's a new word. It's not going fast. Meditation in the word, praise and worship, not by works, but by worship. It's desire, not duty. Walking in the supernatural is not something you can do. It's something God can do through you. If you surrender, humbly worship, become a worshiper, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And listen to me. Your private time with God produces your public time with power. Yeah, yeah, we want public time with power. We want to see the miraculous, but we don't want to spend the time with God. Singers sing, preachers preach. But there's no anointing. You know why they didn't spend time in prayer? Hey, you can get a preacher up here. He'll, he'll have every word, precise delivery. People marvelous, uh, marvel at his, his, his studious intelligence. But his words have no anointing to set people free. 
A singer can sing a beautiful song. Every note, every, every word, every note is there. And though I uh, obviously gifted, no heavy burden has been lifted because the singer has not spent time in prayer. That's the difference. So growth and spiritual maturity is stepping out in faith. It's not can God, can I trust God? It's can God trust me? Spiritual maturity is the key to walking in the Spirit's power. The Spirit's power can be at work in every believer. Does anybody believe that? I'm almost done here. No one's going to mature you for you except you. I'd love to, I'd love to get a hold of you. Like my father loved getting a hold of me. And I matured quickly. But in this hypersensitive culture, you can't hardly even correct or discipline in the pulpit anymore. They'll run off to the other church. You know why? It's a consumeristic church age. Hey, hey, you know why there's a, uh, there's a Lowe's and a Home Depot? Because somebody's going to mess up and didn't like the way the Home Depot did it, so they went to Lowe's. You know why there's an office depots and a Staples? You know why there's a Panera Bread and another kind of bread and another kind of bread? Because, because the more options, the less loyalty. More options, less loyalty. That's why overseas they only have one option. Trust God. Pray through. Remember that? We used to go to the altar and pray through. Nothing happened. We'd just keep playing. Keep playing. They'll get filled. Sometimes we wait till 3 in the afternoon. They'll still be praying to get this baptism. And then about 3, 30, 4 o'clock. <laughs> I mean, oh, that day's long gone. Who's willing to stay? Who's willing to play? But my throat hurts. I got to be at the, the, the bonanza. Golden Corral. Pick your restaurant. It really doesn't matter to me. Luke 10, 19, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You have to understand the difference between power and authority. So people realize that in order to exercise power, you must first be given authority. Authority is a prerequisite of power. That's what maturation is about. And when you grow spiritually, you're now able to access new realms of spiritual power because the Spirit gives you access you wouldn't have had. If, if you're saying, Holy Spirit, why aren't you using me? It's a good question. He, he wants to give you access. He wants to see you have move in the spiritual gifts and power. But you've got to grow up. So you might do a self-evaluation. I mean, no, it's not the Holy Spirit's problem. It's easy to blame the church, especially the American church. Right? No one's going to mature you for you. You must make choices, plan out your strategy. Be engaged with him so he can engage you. The legacy of divine power was made available at the cross and made possible through the coming of the Spirit. Access came from the cross, the blood, right? And the power came from the Holy Spirit who demonstrates and, di and distributes his power his way. It happens intentionally. It requires deliberate, deliberate thinking, studying, speaking, pursuing, doing. You're always one decision away from walking in the fullness of the power of so it stands to reason, doesn't it, that if you, if you're alive and present in God who raised Jesus from the Lord, uh, from the dead, moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. And when God lives and breathes in you, you are delivered from that dead life. Romans chapter 8.
So just because you love your kids doesn't mean you give them the car keys. Maybe we need to grow up. And, Tori, maybe you and the team can come back. Um, spiritual maturity is the is the deal here that I wanted to talk about. So although you're an heir to the king, you won't be able to have authority to access that power over the inheritance in the kingdom until you grow up spiritually. You know, God wants you to have divine right, authority. He wants you to have that. How many believe that? To use what already belongs to you. I'll just go back to Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John went to the man at the gate called Beautiful. said, hey, silver and gold have I none. The first, there's two halves in that. But such as I have, there's two halves. The first half is uh, silver and gold have I none. I don't have what you need, what you're asking for right now. I could go get it, but I don't have it on me within my uh, uh, ability to give to you right now. But such as I have. Oh, my goodness. That second half means that Peter was saying, I own the miracle that you're about to get. Such as I have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Man, you talk about authority demonstrated in power. How could the guy have it who was only thinking about money? He he transitioned what God gave him into believing faith that raised that man. And that man went leaping and walking and praising God in the temple. It must have been a natural occurrence. I'm not sure. I think the Jews knew how to worship. No? Why? Why? Is it that we are so unemotional in our worship? What if we broke out in spontaneous, genuine worship? If we could be as happy as as the day that Taylor caught that bass, that big. I mean, the kid couldn't even, it was breakfast, he couldn't even, he was shaking. What happened? I caught a bass that big. Well, Jesus saved your soul from an eternal hell. How many things that's worth shouting about? Come on, stand to your feet and give God a praise in this house. We got to learn. We got to learn how to be worshipers. Listen to me. My last statement. Immature believers misuse and abuse the power of God. That's who Simon the sorcerer was. Brand new believer. He didn't know. He didn't know. And I and I do want to believe that Simon went on to serve the Lord. I really do. I want to believe that. Sure he did. There seems to be some sincerity in his faith. The word of God doesn't say, but I'm talking to you today, not Simon the sorcerer. He was Simon the sorcerer, Simon the sinner, who now is Simon the saint. Is anybody glad God made that transition for you? Turned you from a sinner to a saint? Then just lift your hands in the air. Come on, lift your hands. We got 10 minutes. It's only 11.15. Somehow we got done early. Maybe Tori's worship was shorter. I don't know what happened. (laughs) But I was able to preach everything I wanted to preach. But now it's time to go to the altar because I believe God's about to unleash an anointing 
upon you who feel like you want to go to another level. But beware, listen to me, cautionary moment. Beware, because every time you go to another level, you meet another devil. So maybe the prayer is going to take it up a notch. Maybe your worship is going to take it up a notch. Maybe your intensity in the word and meditating in the word is going to take it up a notch. You just be ready. But if you're wanting to be used of God, walk in the supernatural. Just move in the spirit. This is what Paul said. In him, I just simply move and, and I just, and I'm just, I, I am in him. I just simply move and I have my being. I just, him and I just going, going our way. Philip was just done baptizing. When he came out of the water, the, the Holy Spirit translated. He's over there in another city. He's in another area with other Samaritan cities. And he preached over there. What could God do with a church who yields themselves, open themselves up to the power and the access and the anointing of the Holy Spirit? You come. We're going to sing a couple of verses, song. The Holy Spirit wants to use you, whether you're in a balcony or the main floor. Just step out by faith. Come on. Our prayer partners will be here. They'll pray with you. But let's worship the Lord together.